and learning that we really were born for that. So I, I, I want to um, just welcome you tonight um, to Blazing Fire. I know that there's, there's always a few um, people here either for the first time or one of the first times. And this is a place where we want God to be God and we want to experience him. Um, we don't want to just sing to him or talk about him. We want him to have access to our hearts. And what we've discovered is that the more we do that, the better it gets. And so just welcome to this environment. And if you're, if it's new to you, it's okay. I mean, even some of the passionate worship, it's okay if at first you're going, wow, that's never seen that. That seems a little extreme. Um, but the more you get into an environment of freedom where where you get to know the Lord's heart as it really is for you, not as you thought it was, but as it really is. There's a lot to be happy about. There's a lot to get excited about. And um, so in this environment of freedom and grace, we're just finding people are getting set free more and more and more from the lies that have held them down. And so you're invited into that. You're invited into that journey with us. Um, so I'm going to share a little bit with you. And... Um, I'm going to talk about this later, but here's a first, this is a, a really big setup question, okay? But I'm just curious, where are y'all going to be tomorrow? Just curious. Oh, a, there's a picnic tomorrow? <laughs> what? That's where I'm going to be. <laughs> We're having a big picnic tomorrow. We're going to, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more later, but it's at Kolb Park in Dublin. It's been plastered all over our website, uh, emails, all that good stuff. But we want to um, we want to enjoy being a family together more and more and more. So um, please come. I'm going to talk about it in a little bit, um, and we're going to hear from some more people tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Just just take him in. He's he's here. He loves you. Man, loves you like crazy. I've been talking a lot the last couple of weeks. Uh last week and then two weeks prior to that. I've I've shown this picture every time because it is such an amazing uh picture of what God is after when we talk about wholehearted living, living with your whole heart. And that's what you experienced as you're coming up here. You were at least going in that direction of saying, God, it's what I want. It might be a little scary, but it's what I want. Because all of us, to one degree or another, we have learned to wall things off that have been really painful, that have been we have, things that have happened to us, things we've done, but, but ways in which we have learned it's just safer if I just wall off certain places of my heart and I just learned a function. Um, and we can get by life, we can get along functioning. Most of us do most of the time. But God says, how about if you and I together learn how to really know what's happening in your heart, be aware of what's happening. You let me into those hard places. I heal those places. And you start living with an open-heartedness that's alive to what I'm doing everywhere everywhere you go rather than just surviving and functioning. That's what he's inviting us to. And uh, we've decided to go there. And it's, 
It's not always easy, but it's good. It's really good. Now, this wholehearted living, it starts, there's no question, it starts with you and God. It starts with you giving him access to your heart and saying, just like we did, God, I trust you. I don't always understand everything about you, but I trust you. You're good. I'm going to choose to give you access to my heart. That's where it starts. But I I put up there tonight, I wanted to talk a little bit more about how we do this as a family because what you're going to discover from God when you want to live wholeheartedly is that the only way he's going to do this with you is in community with the family of God. And you're like, darn it. I just wanted it to be me and God. Because <laughs> people hurt me sometimes. But he is taking all of us to a place. Once we learn wholehearted living with him, once the more we understand his heart for us, we can begin to translate that heart to one another and help each other to grow in this whole process of of being wholehearted. And he wants us to learn this in community. He wants us to learn this in family. Um, Hebrews 10.25 says, In the light of our free access to the Father... Let us extend that embrace to one another. Our gatherings are no longer a repetition of tradition, but an essential fellowship where we remind one another of our true identity. So the Father is telling us who we are, but we forget, so we need each other, and he wants us to do this in family. And if we're really honest... There's, that can be a little scary. I already mentioned we, we all have all of every person in this room has a history of more than one person who's hurt you pretty badly. Every person in this room has that same history. Not the same person <laughs> that's hurt you, but we all share that same history. We all have that to overcome, if you will. And the Lord is saying, he's not saying to you, get your act together, you know, chin up. Let's go for it. He's saying, would you let me into that place? Would you give me access to those hurts? Because I know how to heal you of those so that you can actually begin to relate to people in a way you were destined to do. Another thing that's scary, though, when we talk about family, let's, I'm, again, let's just get really honest for a minute. Um, most of us are thinking, I've got plenty to do just to kind of keep my own life together. I can't imagine getting going deep with a bunch of people and now I am feel responsible for all them and their stuff. I'm just being honest. That thought might cross your mind. And here's the amazing thing. This, what this scripture is telling us is, is it's, it's not your job to fix people. It's your job to keep turning them back to the one and reminding them of the truth of the one who loves them, who has everything they need. Now, yes, we do help each other. As God gives us grace, we help each other. Yes, of course, there's actual helping each other. But mostly, mostly, 
It's God has to do what God does with that person. And all you're doing is reminding them of the truth. He's for you. He loves you. Let's, let's agree together what God's going to do for you. Okay? This is, this is God's plan, is, is to do this in family. Paul says, for this reason, he, uh, sorry, Ephesians 3, 14 and 15, he says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And that Greek word for father and family is the same root. Family, father. He, he's the father of a family. And sometimes when we talk about the concept of family, it's easy just in a general way to go, oh, yeah, we're all the family of God. Every believer, it's awesome. Especially when it doesn't have to mean that I have to get close to anybody. You know, we're just all, you know, all y'all. We're just all family. And God says, no, I want you to actually be in places where you are known and where people know you. Because that's where things start to come up that you've learned to hide really well and wall off really well. People, one of the places in, in our school of supernatural ministry where these students are with each other three days a week, you know, five hours a day for five months, we tell them ahead of time, a lot of, a lot of your stuff is going to come up. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, that's great. Because they don't really understand it because they haven't been through it yet. But what happens is, is when you're really close to a lot of people, there's, after a while, you can't hide as well. And, and that's a good thing. Because then God starts showing you things that maybe you'd rather not see, but he's not showing you them for you to feel bad about yourself, to shame you. He's showing you so that you go, oh, you know what? That doesn't look much like Jesus. Papa, <laughs> would you, would you, would, I'm letting you have access to my heart. Would you do something about this? So he's going to make us do this in family. And he's the papa. And he wants his kids to get along. Oh, so I'm going to go back to this really quick. I'm going to show you a video. This is, this one is deep. It's about family. It is, it is an about amazing, an, a story about an amazing family. There are so many spiritual uh, overtones and parallels to this thing. But, I, but this video um, is, is to let you know, first of all, that you all belong. You all belong to God's family because he picked you himself. And to let you know that, that none of you are outcasts. All of you have, you have a place. Um, and we also can't push others out as outcasts. There's just no room for that in the kingdom. So just take this in. You can turn the lights too. Couldn't turn it up. Okay, there's a sound problem. I'm going to go back. Tell me when you're ready to try it. I'm not minding this pause at all because I am still kind of saturated from worship. <laughs> My favorite quote of all time was our furnace repair man comes into the house 
stops dead in his tracks and says, this looks like some kind of United Nations meeting. I was born in Bangkok. Bangalore, India. Connecticut. And I was born in Romania. Ethiopia. Which is in Africa. In China. <laughs> Sharon is the gas pedal and I am the brakes. Over and over she'll say, I found this child who needs X and Y and Z and all we'd have to do is fly over the ocean, get funding, connect this dot to here and it'd be done. We're such victims of our culture because our culture tells us your kids have to look perfect and be in all the perfect schools and you can't do that with a big family but if you just concentrate on what's important, the rest will follow. People discouraged us. They thought we were going to ruin our lives by taking all these special kids and they said, you don't know what to do. And it's true that we had no experience and we didn't really know how to raise them. But you, you see what happens with unconditional love. You give a person unconditional love and they, they blossom. I feel like having these kids has really helped us find our life, find our meaning, find our purpose. It took me decades to figure this out, but there's no physical thing that you can buy that's actually gonna give you true peace and happiness. And the pure joy that will come from a, a rescue and a ransom of a child's life is probably the most satisfying thing you can imagine. We talk about adoption. We tell them they're adopted and we kind of tell them, you know, being born into a family, you don't even decide that. It kind of happens biologically, but when you're adopted, your parents looked out at the whole world and picked you. You think that they don't really know the gravity of them being rescued or saved. Then you'll see them in an external setting, like one of them is in front of 300 people last Friday night, and he tells people that he probably wouldn't be alive if he hadn't been adopted by his family. Those are like the goosebump moments when you go, He's got it. In Romania, 
at least at the time when I was born, um, when you were when you were born with a, a deformity, quote quote, it um, it was considered a curse by God. I was um, kind of distanced and not treated right, and kind of not really getting any care that a, a normal baby should. Which is why when I was one and a half years old, I weighed nine pounds. It was rough in the, in the first year of my life, but I lived. But no matter where you were before, it's like where you can be now. Your past doesn't define that. This family has proven that. It's just like you have a dying boy from Romania or starving kids from Africa, and you bring them to a, a place where they can be, I guess, human to the fullest, and that, that's that's a generous, generous thing. Family is everything. Family's fun. <laughs> Interesting. This family is just people you can be a fool around and they'll still love you. Awesome. No, should I do the Denny face? <laughs> family is something that I can count on. <laughs> uh, Family is adoption. For a moment, I want us to take that in. She would agree with me as we talk to our Papa and say, Father, thank you that we belong to you, that we are adopted by you to belong to your family. Book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus, he's proud to call us his little brothers and sisters. We were wanted before you made anything on the earth. You wanted us. You created us. We were already a piece of your heart that at the right point in time you released onto the earth. And here we are. Thank you, God, that you have declared each for each one of us we carry immense treasure, immense worth at the cost of the blood of Jesus. That's that's what you say. We're worth everything to you. And so even like this family we just saw, God, would you, would you teach us, would you show us, God, how to love like you love? Or we aren't looking at things that are different or even things that would irritate us. We're looking at the things that you see, looking at the beauty in each other. But it really starts by knowing our own selves, that we are beautiful to you. We are all together lovely to you. That's what you say. We're worth it all to you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Wow. Ephesians 1, 4 and 5 says, 
God chose us to belong to Christ before the world was created. He chose us to be holy and without blame in his eyes. He loved us. And so he decided long ago to adopt us as his children. He did it because of what Jesus Christ has done. And it pleased God to do it. Orphans, um, they don't feel like they belong, and so they don't. I'm going to explain that in a minute. Sons and daughters know they belong, and so they do. I don't believe truly that there are any orphans on the earth. So when I say orphans believe, don't believe, uh, feel they don't belong, and so they don't, what I mean is, is anybody who is a child of God because... Everybody on this earth was created in his image for him. They just don't all know it yet. But believers and unbelievers alike can act in such a way they can have a belief system that says, I don't belong. And if that's their truth, if that's what they see as truth, they actually live life that way. But a son or a daughter, when you, the more you know who you are, as the father's choice, as his desire, and that you are part of a family, that you do belong. As you know that, now you're, you're acting and relating to people as one who belongs. And that's who you are. This is who you are. I, um, I think this is the next one. Oh, choose to belong. I want to urge you tonight, the, the enemy's doing a number on, on us, on, on the body of Christ, on the whole world, to try to get us to believe that we don't belong, that we aren't included, um, to live life on our own, to do this thing in isolation from each other, and it doesn't work. It's, it's, it's killing us. And, and again, sometimes it's because of past pain that we're like, I just don't want to get close to people. Okay, let God deal with those pains and then start to re-engage with people who have his heart, who are, who are safe, who are ones that you can begin to learn to love with again. But you actually have to choose to belong. And so I, tonight, I'm saying to all of you who are in the body of Christ, choose to belong. And I know from many of you, this is, this is the house, this is the, the place that you call home or the place that you... 10 most of the time. For some of you, you don't. And so this may be about you choosing to belong where you are. But what I'm saying is, is choosing to get off the fence and to get rooted in somewhere where you can really start growing the way God intended. So practically, some things that that would mean. So I'm going to talk about it from this house. So if this is not the house you see as yours, then it may be about you doing this somewhere else. But... Um, when I say let us, I'm talking about us, the leadership team. Let us know you want to belong for your sake. I've, I've had some, you're going to hear from a few people and just, I'm almost there where I'm going to call a few people up just to hear some of their stories about, about Blazing Fire as a family and what difference it's made for them and why. But a big part of it is because a huge part of it was that they chose. You see, we can't make people choose to want to belong. It's, it's, Leif Hetland said this a year and a half ago, and I've adopted it as my own now because it's so true that every kingdom matter is a matter of the heart. And the more I'm getting along in life, the more I'm realizing that's really true. 
it comes back to, it's a heart issue. It always comes back to a heart issue. And so um, for your sakes, um, you know, whenever we talk about this, it can seem self-serving like, oh yeah, I want I want a line of 50 people tonight, you know, all to tell me, you know, I want to belong, I want to be part of this. Honestly, it's, it's not so much for me as it is for you because when you and your heart decide and you're saying, okay, this is a little scary, but I'm, I'm in, that's huge for you. For some of you, it's ginormous to actually admit, to actually do that. And um, for a lot of reasons, we're, uh, we're afraid of commitment, but God says, no, that's covenant is what the, the kingdom is all about. So that's, that's one thing. You could let us know personally. You could, you could write to us, whatever. But just let us know. Talk to somebody in leadership. Let us know. Some of you, many of you have already done that. I'm not saying you need to do this again, okay? Um, make gathering with the Blazing Fire family or whichever one you'd belong to, but make, make, make it a priority to actually um, want to be at gatherings. Saturday nights, yes. A picnic. Did I hear there's a picnic tomorrow? Wow, that's from 11.30 a.m. until 4 p.m. And uh, basically bring food and have fun. Um, and as you come, whether it's a Saturday night, whether it's a picnic, whatever it is, uh, home groups, our school, um, there's all kinds of ways to, to be part of things. But it's still going to get back to your heart, the heart issue of how are you approaching it? How are you coming? Are you coming in order to kind of hide and not be seen and, you know, i got a really good wall around me? Or, or can you allow God to soften your heart up so that you come actually expecting to go deeper with people? And it's a little scary, but it's so good. If you'll let yourself go there, it's so good. So here's another one is enter in wholeheartedly. We've talked a lot about it. What I mean is, is as, as we gather, the more you give access to uh, your heart of your heart to God and the more we begin to give each other access to our hearts. Ooh, that's even scarier. But the better it gets. And we've been doing that as an elder team. We've been going there really intentionally for the last couple of years. Oh, my goodness, is it getting exceptionally good. And uh, there's just more and more tenderheartedness. And so again, but that's, see the top here, choose to belong. See, these are all your choices. I can't make anybody choose these things. I can't make you um, be wholehearted and be tenderhearted. Here's a really practical one. Get on our email list and read what we send. Woo! Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a knowing laughter from some of you. Could I have a couple of people? Could you two help me? you're going to go to different parts of the room right now. And because here's the deal. If you are not a part of our, on our email list, you would know it because we send out one email every Friday and it's very encouraging. And our staff writes it and we write something pretty short and succinct and really encourage you. And you, if you're not on it and want to be, would you raise your hand? They're going to give you a card. Just put your name and your email address. That's what we're asking for. Um, yeah, later on you can put it in the offering box. That'd be awesome at the end. Promise you, we aren't giving your email to anybody. I would have no one to give it to anyway. But, um, but, but, it's a way to know what's going on because on that email always has upcoming events and everything else. Because sometimes you aren't a part of things because you don't know about them, right? If you're not here on a Saturday night, you don't hear what's going on. 
So we're always sending out those emails and letting you know what's going on, but mainly it's the encouragement. So we have an elder team of eight of us, and we kind of rotate through a lot. And, um, yeah, there's someone back here. We'll, we'll, they'll get to you. Just um, So we have this elder team, and we're all, as we're letting God touch our hearts, we are getting deeper and deeper revelation that we're sharing with you as a way of saying, come on, come on, let's go deeper together. Because um, here's the honest truth, and let, let's, get to something, let's get to something really fun for a minute. There, there is something huge God's doing across the earth. I, I, I think you can feel it because it's kind of rising up everywhere. We get to do that together. And I'm saying let's, let's do this together. Let's have fun together. Let's build the kingdom and build into revival and all that's doing. But let's do it together. Let's do it together. Because even though I carry a vision... Even though uh, some of you come and you say, I, you know what, I think I like Pastor Brent's heart. I kind of like where he's going. Yeah, I'd like to be part of that. That's great. But with our leaders and then with more and more of you who choose to come and be part of the family, you are actually starting to contribute and starting to shape uh, what Blazing Fire looks like just by your presence and by the gifts of what you bring. Did everyone who wanted one get one? Just raise your hand real high if you didn't. Okay, Awesome. Please, let me just state the obvious. If you don't write really clearly, you will never get an email sent to you. <laughs> one wrong letter, and it's not going your way. So, you know, difference between an I and a one, and those kinds of things make it really clear. If you didn't do it clear, cross it out and try it again. Because that'd be a bummer if we can't send it to you. Um, awesome. And uh, that was just a really practical one. And here's... Here's, uh, I think, just one more, is um, get involved and give to the family. There's a, there's a lot of ways of giving. Anytime you hear giving, your mind always, always uh, first thing goes to money. That is true. Uh, meaning we're actually building something we, we need, uh, financial resources to go after the things we're going after. We still have a building coming. It's coming. It's coming. I could tell you things in my heart that God's been telling me. So some of you have been faithfully giving to a building fund without seeing the building yet because this is not our building. It's a rented facility. Um, so the, the legal part of giving, legalism says, if you don't give 10%, then God's not happy with you or you know, you're not on God's good side. You can throw all that out the window because that's, that's the law. Um, that's not good. However, even Paul, even Paul talks about um, extravagant giving. Paul says the law is good. It's just that Jesus saved us from having to live the law to be right with God. So what the law is, Paul describes it as a babysitter, which basically means how, how can there be certain things we don't know? Uh, there's certain things we don't know very well. Until we learn to hear the Spirit's voice. How, how can we tell certain things? And he says, well, there are some guidelines. Ultimately, the Lord wants you to hear from his Spirit, Holy Spirit. And what Paul talks about is extravagance, extravagant giving in the New Testament, which is about finances, but it's also about your, your lives, like you actually investing in the things that matter to you. And so many of you, oh, my goodness, are doing this. I, I want to brag just for a minute on the... Our, our school of supernatural the the staff we had we had a huge volunteer staff for the 
I don't know what we had, about maybe 50 or so on campus and maybe 20 cent online, something like that. And we had, um, I want to say about 20, you know, 15 to 20 volunteer staff, which means for five months, three days a week, most of them were there every day and they did it without pay. And they did it because of the love in their heart and because they saw the huge difference it was making in people's lives and because they got to be who they were and release their gifts for the good of the kingdom. Oh, my goodness. And they were amazing. I mean, amazing staff. Can you stand? If you were a part of staff, stand up, please. There's a bunch of you here. Stand up. Stand up, stand up, stand up. There's a bunch of you. Awesome. There's, there's a lot more, but either they didn't stand or they're not here tonight. That is just an example. Um, because we do go through different seasons. Sometimes, sometimes we have time and energy to give through things like that. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we have um, the finances to give extravagantly. Sometimes we feel like we don't. However, I want to keep encouraging you. Um, to sow seeds. Wherever you sow, that's where you get back blessings. That's a long teaching. I'm not going into it, but it, it is extremely true. So I'm, I'm encouraging you. Um, again, this is about wholehearted living and doing it as a family. And I'm saying Blazing Fire is a great family. <laughs> it's true. In fact, I told you how I was weeping a lot, you know, in this last month and a half. Part of it, how, kind of how it started a month and a half ago, was God was reminding me what an extra special place this is. And that it can't go away. Not, not that I, I intend to by any means. but I'm, but, And then he told me a lot of other things about, about what that would mean. But, but the point I'm getting at right here is, is sometimes when you're in the midst of it, and, and myself as pastor, sometimes I don't even realize how special it is because you just kind of get used to it. But it's really special, and it's making a huge difference in a whole lot of people's lives. So I unashamedly say, if you got nowhere else to go, make this your home. Uh, we would love to have you, and there's a place for you. But it requires your choice because it is a matter of the heart. That's what I wanted to say. And the, Oh, I, I showed this picture last week. Oh, wait, is there a picnic tomorrow? <laughs> oh wait, so it's eighty twenty Bristol Road. Okay, cool. In Dublin. Um bring some food to share. There you go. Okay, oh this is the picture I showed last week. This is our dog Coco. And she is dang lovable because she believes it. So because she believes that anybody in our home within seconds just loves her and adores her. Why? Because she's so dang lovable and she knows it. So that's the point. I'm saying you are lovable because God made you that way. But the more you know it and believe that, you start to find, you start attracting the love around you. It just It's amazing how it works. So there you go. Um, testimonies. I'm gonna, we're going to hear from a couple of people who um, I asked just to share uh, a little bit about uh, specifically this family and why. You know, why, um, why did they want to make this their family? So I want to start with... Teresa, are you here? I know you're here. Oh, come on up. Yeah. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. 
came to Blazing Fire, it was quite exciting, and saw everybody up here dancing, and I was like, what's going on? <laughs> um, I decided I wanted to come here, see what it was about, so I joined um, Kingdom Training, and I came very broken, um, but going through that, I made connections with people, and went through some healing, so that was the uh, when it was a nine-month school. Then I live in Fremont, so I was thinking, oh, I need to be in a local church. So I went to a church for a couple of years in Fremont, but something just started stirring in me again. And I was like, oh, I want to go back to Blazing Fire. So I came back and started visiting, and I started seeing those people that I went to school with, and oh, it was my heart. It was like, this is where I want to be. And then you, Pastor Brent, just teaching about the Father's heart. And that's what I needed. I needed to hear it again. I needed to know that identity. So since I've been here, it's been really good. Um, I've made some new connections with people. But what it takes is stepping out and taking a risk. So I'll be at home and I'll be praying for someone from here. And he gives me a picture and then I have to go give it to them. And it's really scary, but you do it, and it just takes you deeper in relationships. Um, oh, and I wanted to share something. Um, the Lord reminded me this. I had a dream a few months back, and it was I was coming into church here, and the door was open, and I saw a barbecue outside. And I looked at the barbecue, and Pastor Brent says, we're going to have a picnic it's kind of funny. <laughs> We're going to have a picnic. And he says, but wait, I want you all to have dessert first. So he was going to give us ice cream sundaes. And I woke up and I'm like, oh, God, that's what he does. He gives us the Father's sweetness first. And I'm like, this is where I want to be. So I just wanted to share that. <laughs> Good stuff. Just recently, she also stepped out because the Lord gave her a dream. And uh, it, it fit in with, God does speak through dreams. You all know that? Uh, I'm not saying every dream is a God dream. I'm just saying he does speak through dreams. And she shared one of those just recently. And it really fit with the dreams that several of us as leaders were getting. So I just wanted to say thanks for stepping out and trusting us and, you know, jumping in with both feet. And, yeah, you're just a wonderful part of the family, Teresa. And um, Bill Hernandez, I've asked him to come share. Okay, all right, that sounds good. You know, I brought a frozen pudding pop with me into the sanctuary. I thought it was going to defrost, but apparently not. It's very cold in here. <laughs> oh, no food in the sanctuary. 
Uh, you know, many years ago, uh, when I started getting involved with uh, Blazing Fire, I, um, I, I had a dream, and Brent was in the dream. And I was, driving, uh, I was driving on the freeway, but I was going in the wrong lane. And then somehow I got into this, this white van that Brent was driving, and I got in with him, and I guess we went the right, the right way. So I think that's, yeah. That was pretty cool. Very interesting. So, uh, anyway, so um, uh, you know, I, you know, came from the city, uh, involved, you know, for 20 years there, uh, with a f- whole fellowship, a whole bunch of people. That was my family, and so, you know, we had a lot of history together with them, and I had a lot of history with them, including Steve and Beth Stewart there. Yes, and so. Um, so uh, that was a, a lot of fun, and then I moved on, and then the Lord brought me here. And so I, I kind of felt kind of dislocated and um, kind of out of sorts in a way. And, um, uh, and so as time went on, uh, I remember uh, uh, one of my brothers uh, passed away. And uh, people here were just really loving and really kind, and it just helped to get me more connected here. And then um, then my mom died, and then my dad died, and then an, another uh, brother died, and, and just a lot of people started dying. So, so since 2002, 10 people have passed away in my family. And so I was so used to, you know, I, I love the, the, the family in the city, and I, and I really like big families because that's where I came from, you know. And so we have photos of, I have photos of fa- our family reunions. I was just talking to my cousin the other day, and there's like nine aunts and uncles. And over the years, one is gone, one is gone, and now there's just three left. So it was just all these people, and I really loved it. And so, um, so as more and more people disappeared, the more... I became, I guess, in, connected to, to you guys here. It's kind of like you were my like life raft, you know. And so it, it's like, so I, I had no choice but to adopt you. I was pushed into it. <laughs> I'm stuck. So where else was I going to go? So, and so, but, you know, what's really cool is that everyone here is just so wonderful and just very supportive and I just love it when people stand and give uh, give people a standing ovation just like they're movie stars and we're, we're all one another's movie stars you know what I mean it's just awesome <laughs> so it's so encouraging and wonderful and so um, but uh, you know it was it was really cool to um, um, especially over the last few years when I was really going through the tremendous trauma with, with my mom, you know, she had a stroke and she was in the hospital and I was stuck taking care of her alone because the rest of my family just didn't really step up to it. And then during that time, my dad was wanting to sue me and everything because they were divorced and he was trying to, wanted to get information about my mom and he was kind of losing his mind also and that was hard and so it was really cool to be able to come over here and tell people, I said, look, you know, it, even if I'm laughing or if I'm telling jokes or anything, I just want you to know that I probably spend, you know, a few days out of the week just crying my eyes out. 
I'm pretty miserable. And so it's kind of like I just, you know, it was so great to be able to be real with you all, you know. And you guys, like, I really feel like that many of you that I shared that with, you guys were really, really cool about it and very, very supportive. And I didn't ever feel patronized by anybody, you know, or told to shut it down because this, you know, there's, there's just so much honor here and um, so much support. And uh, it was just, just wonderful. And so um, I, I really, uh, I was thinking about the family that's here and, you know, what's so, you know, what's so wonderful, you know, what's so neat about it in light of people leaving me. And so when I was in the city, I lost a lot of people, a lot of friends. Even in the city, there was a lot of people constantly leaving. And it was just like I was making a f friends with a parade. You know, they just keep going, passing by. I go, what well, come back, you know. There they go with the tuba. And so... <laughs> So and I had to make friends with a new person, you know. And so it, that's what it, what it was like, you know. But each one that, that was there that, that moved on, and it was really sad to see them go, is that they took a – it's almost like they took a piece of me with them, you know. They took a, a, a facet of, of fun and joy and blessing and anointing. And that's kind of what it was like with my family as each person – disappeared it was like my family just unraveled because each one took with them the, their their gifting their life their whatever and so here you know it's kind of like when I come here and I see so many of you we've we've been here for many years and it's really great because you guys all bring this wonderful flavor to the table and it's just awesome you know I really I really enjoy that and so um I just was recently making some uh, I make chorizo, which is just awesome. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so my mom... <laughs> That's quite a drive. Anyway, so... Um, <clears throat> but anyway, so... I, it's like my mom used to make it, so I learned how to make it from her. But my cousins also knew how to make it as well because it was a family thing. So I was learning how to make it just like mom made it. So... But the thing is, that it had all these ingredients in it. You got to put cumin, you got to put coriander, you got to put garlic, vinegar, cayenne pepper, pepper, a little bit of this, about that much, and a little bit of this, and some. <laughs> and so the thing is that, I, you know, I, I'm putting this together, and it was missing something, and I couldn't quite figure out what it was. And it was, what it was, was a pinch of cloves. And I put it in there, and it just was delicious. And I said, this is mom. This is home. And that's kind of what each of you is like. You guys are like like the, the spices, you know, not like you're not, not – I'm not saying you're a sausage, but I'm just saying that. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Mexican sausage. No. But that's kind of what each of you are. You guys bring this, this fragrance and this delicious ingredient into the body, you know. And, and when one piece is missing, you can tell the flavor is off. So it's kind of like, I don't want you guys to leave. I, I want you to stay, you know, because you make it fun. And so I really 
enjoy every one of you. You know, I just love coming here. And, you know, uh, there have been times when, like, let's say I'd be gone maybe for three weeks or something like that for, I don't know, God, for I don't know what reason. Um, it's probably some, some stuff that I had to take care of. But I would start to feel stale, like as if I hadn't brushed my teeth in a while. Or like I hadn't taken a bath or something. I don't know what that feeling is. But I know that when I come here, I'm going to leave squeaky clean and smelling minty fresh. Right? Yeah. You guys bring the minty freshness after the chorizo. Anyway, so... Anyway. <laughs> And another part of being here is that you guys laugh at all my jokes. Like, it's just like, uh, I, I'm, I'm here to stay. Do you want me to stay? Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Are we voting now? Who wants Bill to stay? <laughs> awesome. Oh, man. You are a breath of fresh air, Bill Hernandez. I got to tell you, though, earlier today, because I was preparing for this message tonight, and I, I was feeling, um, I was actually feeling some sadness that wasn't all mine. Meaning, you know, sometimes the Lord lets you feel things. And uh, I just in, in uh, worship today, I was remembering that scripture where it says Jesus was acquainted with many sorrows. And yet you think about it, he was the happiest guy that ever lived on the earth. But he was acquainted with many sorrows. So he, that's the compassion side. That's the feeling the Father's tenderness, the heart for things. And so anyway, earlier as I was thinking about family, I, there, there is some of that sadness that I think the Lord feels because as we're still getting it, his heart for one another. We do hurt each other sometimes. And, and there are, you know, breaks in relationships and things that just ought not to be in the kingdom anymore. And um, I also help a lot of other pastors. I kind of oversee, you know, and help a lot of pastors, mentor a lot of other younger pastors in the Bay Area. And so I just hear a lot of their heartaches as well, which a lot of times is around some of the brokenness of the family. But I really do believe God's inviting us into a different place. And um, we're, we're seeing that more and more, that, um, that as we're committed to um, first and foremost being tenderhearted with the Father, he is, he is changing the environment in his family. Um, what, another one I wanted to ask up is Todd Lout, Pastor Todd. So uh, I'll try to make this quick. Uh, <clears throat> uh, gosh, there's so much to say. But um, when we when we got here, I, I th actually last week, right in the middle of the worship service, I got prompted to share a little bit of how prickly I was. Uh, I don't know why I did that, but uh, um, oh, it was in reference to all the laughing going on here. That's right. It was awesome. Uh, but yeah, we we got here and and I was kind of prickly, and Karina was too. And by that I mean we just we wanted to be here in this awesome atmosphere, but we didn't really want 
anybody to touch us, pray for us, <laughs> that kind of thing. And, um, and I did not, I had, I had, uh, you know, walls all around me and, um, <clears throat> and I didn't trust pastors also. And, uh, and when one of the, the, I think the first night that we ever came to blazing fire, we didn't even know who the pastor was because so many people were sharing and, uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> we, um, and then we, we finally figured it out and they had a prayer line and I was not about to get myself in a prayer line. Um, but God told, I mean, God spoke past my own offense about some other things and said, you can really trust this man just getting this prayer line. And, and when I got there, he, he and Suzanne both were like, hi, you know, what can we pray for you for? And I said, I don't, I don't even know. Whatever, just pray. <laughs> they, they heard the Father's heart about exactly some things that I was thinking and going through and, and was saying how I could trust and all this kind of stuff. It was amazing. Um, my kids were little then. There's one of them in the hat there, Josiah. <laughs> My daughter sings with me. She was help. She's helping with the children right now. Um, they came when we got here. They were well. That was like ten years ago or something. So they're little, and they were um, they were afraid of, of of pastors too. They had an unpleasant experience before here, and um, and one of the first things we saw was we we, we had come one night. It was back when Blazing Fire was in a little bitty building. About fifty of us, Aaron was there, and uh, and our kids were sitting in a chair in the back. And Brent comes over and kneels down and starts telling them what treasures they are. And, and Karina and I were watching this and just going, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is undoing some stuff." And it did. It just they immediately felt welcomed, um, and and so you know it took a little persistence with Brent um, about six months really meeting with me. To tell me you're awesome, you're awesome, you're awesome, you're awesome, you're awesome. I'm going no, 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 no. Until uh, <laughs> finally, it was turning into this, and then okay. <laughs> and uh, um, but you know he's not too much older than me, but just like such a papa to me that way, and um, and it just really drew us in. And since then, we've wanted to be that. For other people, we're the youth pastors here, and we do have a, an incredible family dynamic with the youth group. Um, in fact, more than ever at the moment. Wouldn't you guys? Some of you agree? Some of you over there in the youth group? Uh, huh? Yeah. What? Okay, yeah, we just do. We we've come. I'll, I'll just yeah. I'll tell you a quick thing about it. This has been a strange year for our youth group in that the building that we rented, um, you know, we're also looking for a building with, with our church, you know, and we really, really do need one for wildfire. Um, but the building that we were in for six years, we were blessed to have. We lost that right at the very beginning of this year. And so the youth group moved to our little house, which is um, which is super crowded, <laughs> When they're all there, it's awesome and crowded. Um, and <clears throat> and then, um, but then we went on sabbatical, 
And so we moved over to a Parkway, uh, not Baptist anymore, but Parkway, Parkway Fellowship. Um, and and so the kids started going there um, right when we left for sabbatical. We came back and had our first meeting with them there. Um, and uh, it's it's a blessing, but it's 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 not our home at the moment. So we've actually gone back and forth from Parkway to our house. To, uh, this Monday night, we're going to be at our house again. Um, and uh, some of that and, and the fact that 19 kids graduated last year um, has caused our youth group to to shrink down a little bit. Our kids all have different things going on, too, and, and it's hard to get everyone there at the same time. But... Um, but as it has gotten a little bit smaller, the cool thing is I wouldn't have it any other way right now because we are, we've come to a place where people are getting really, really vulnerable. I mean, just really vulnerable and, uh, and sharing things and trusting other members of the group. And we're having so much fun together right now like we never have. We've, we've had different periods of time, um, different phases in our youth group. And this one is just a family one. I mean, it just really is. And I, I, I feel God doing something more coming up here. But he's doing this strategically for for what else is coming with the youth group. Um, and so uh, I just feel it's kind of neat because what goes on here, we, have, we always have kind of the same type of theme going on with wildfire. And a lot of them are kids that don't even go to Blazing Fire, that have families that go to other churches, too. And um, so this family thing here is is awesome and vital. And actually, we're really right on the brink of creating this this deeper family environment for Blazing Fire. I mean, we we as the elder team, we've really found that there's value in pursuing this like a hot pursuit to create a family environment here. You know, and our Saturday night dynamic is interesting because, you know, we can't really exactly linger, you know, like on a Sunday morning people do. So for now, we're going to have picnics like tomorrow. And you guys best be coming to that picnic because <laughs> I am going there early to reserve tables. So if I don't be seeing you up in that place, <clears throat> I'm kidding, kind of. Uh, <laughs> just going to be fun. What am I bringing? Uh, oh, secrets in the sauce. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> I'm having suggestions back there. Uh, uh, we just need times like this. We're going to plan a game night where we just have tons of like board games and we're in all over, all over the place, you know? Um, but, uh, this thing has changed us. We were we were just about finished with church altogether, actually, and um, and this this place um, just changed it for us. And one more thing about that: the, the trust thing. Um, believe me, if there's anyone who understands not wanting to trust people, um, it's me, and and uh, for various reasons. And been burned, just like just about everyone probably in this room has at times, to where you think I'll just I'll never. I'll never open up totally, you know, because I just don't trust people. But, but I could hear God saying, no, no, that's actually not healthy. You've got to take risks. You've got to take risks, which actually makes life funner and more more deep. 
And going back to the beginning of what I was saying, um, when we came in here, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want anyone hugging me, touching me. And then I found out that this place was huggy and touchy. <laughs> and one night, this group of men in this church, I, I was standing, well, it was a different building, I, but I was standing in the back on purpose, kind of hiding. And um, this group of men, <laughs> like some unit together they all looked at me and, and I, I thought oh no and they came over and they're like oh and surrounded me and they were rubbing my back and talking right in my face and touching me and they're like Jesus bless him and on the inside I thought I was cussing on the inside a little bit I was at first <laughs> so just being honest, <laughs> at first I had a little of that going on, and I was I was even praying on the in, uh, not out loud, but on the inside I was like, God, please get them off me, please, please, please get them off me. And He said, It's time for you to learn how to receive. And um, and so I, in my mind, I, I switched over, and it was still kind of weird for me, but I, I let go, and I did. I started to receive, you know, and um. My my heart started melting, and it's just incredible, you know. And the same, Karina has a similar story, uh, and so yeah, it it's a risk is a good thing, and God's on the other side of that risk. He is saying, "Look, come on, come on, come on, come on," and um, I love being family with you guys, and I love getting to know know more of you, like at the picnic tomorrow, you know. So, yeah, is that good? All right. Do you want me to? Okay. With this in mind, I, um, I, I want to bring somebody else up here um, because I just really want to give some honor to somebody here um, from our youth group. And um, when, when we did come here, my son became really good buddies with this guy. And they've been best buds uh, all these years ever since. And this kid's have become like a part of our family uh, super, super dear to my heart. And by the way, when you're youth pastoring, every year, it's you know, when school comes out, it's it's because <laughs> people have to leave, you know, and it's heart wrenching. And every year, I think maybe I should quit, maybe I should quit. But then there's more that come in and grab your heart. And <laughs> I'm kind of joking about the quitting thing, but but you just you know you think, oh my gosh, this is so hard. And this one is a real tough one. Um, and this guy, when he when we started our house of prayer six years ago, um, he started drumming for for me when we would do drums uh, when we would do two hour worship sets, and and they would they would schedule who's going to be on our worship teams, and I would read the schedule and it says he's going to be your drummer, and I thought oh no oh man this is going to be hard because he was a beginner a drummer at the time, and um. And it was just hard. It was like I would, I would play the piano and try to help lead, you know, lead the people to sing on the team, but go like this to help him keep the, try to, you know, it, it was, it was funny. <laughs> uh, and over the years, he's become the drummer that not only everybody at the House of Prayer and everybody at Blazing Fire wants, but churches all over the Drive Valley have wanted um, because of how incredibly excellent he is. Not only in his skill, but in his heart. 
I mean, this guy is incredible, off the charts. Never heard him talk negative about people. Uh, just amazing. And I just felt, and he and he's about ready to go off to ORU, which is awesome. Um, Oral Roberts University in Tulsa. And this is Josh, who played drums tonight. I could stand here and say a thousand things about him, but, you know, it's drawing nigh. So, um, but Josh is going to say a few things, too, about this, this place and him. Thanks, Todd. Uh, yeah, I've pretty much uh, grown up in this church. Uh, both, both my parents used to... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Who's that little chubby guy? Oh, oh gosh. Yeah, I pretty much grew up in this church. Uh, both... Both my parents were elders here, um, and they're now uh, really, really involved with the House of Prayer. And uh, yeah, like years ago, um, my little brother, uh, Josiah, his birthday is actually about the same time that Blazing Fire started up. So I've just been uh, super involved, and uh, when my family started getting more involved with the House of Prayer, um, and I started getting a little bit better at drumming, um, I started, uh, I would still come here because my best friends throughout, you know, my whole life, uh, go to this church and stuff. So I would, I would keep coming here and playing drums and stuff. But like, I can, I can look back throughout the past few years and look at my life and be like, okay, there's no way my life would be the same if I hadn't been coming to this church. Like, um, through the middle school years, I was actually, I'm keeping my out for any more embarrassing pictures. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but I can. Uh, through the middle school years, I was homeschooled, and uh, that was a really crucial time. Middle school is, is a time where you're sort of setting your roots, kind of like, you're, you're kind of deciding who, you, who you're going to be, and that's in high school and also a little bit of college as well. But um, those middle school years, I was, you know, spending time, a lot of time by myself, working on school and stuff, but like Todd said, I'd spend time in the house of prayer, and also like with the community around Blazing Fire, just really pouring into me. Um, especially with Wildfire, like, and Todd and Pastor Brent and Suzanne, like, what an amazing community that's been pouring into my life just constantly. And uh, through high, when I got into high school, by that time I had, I'd set my roots, like, I am going to be about God, like, about God's business. And, I, like, if it, yeah, like, if it weren't for, like, this church and, like, the foundation that they've given me, like, man, I, I don't know where I'd be after high school. Like, hi, high school... For those of you who don't know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's almost like, uh, like you just sort of get drowned in like a sea of worldliness. Like every, everything's accepted, everything's, everything's all good, and like people do stuff that you, it's, I mean, people are used to doing this just completely outrageous, just, I don't even know how to describe it, uh, just horrible stuff, and I get into high school, and I'm telling you, if I didn't have like the mindset that I had, like keep my eyes on Christ, like, you can't have much of an impact if you're just kind of looking at yourself, being like, okay, you know, how do I compare to everybody else? But what a foundation this church has given me that when I went into high school, I'm like, okay, there's people that need Jesus here, and I have him, you know? So, like, what a cool foundation. And, uh, yeah, like I, like I said, like, looking throughout uh, even the high school years, I can say that, like, uh, coming to Blazing Fire on Saturday nights, playing drums or just sitting in worship, 
um, it really taught me to be like a worshiper of Christ, like a follower, a follower of him. And it was really just refreshing sometimes. Sometimes by the end of the week of high school, man, I was just like, felt like I'd just been punched in the face like 500 times. I'm like, oh, just done. Not literally, by the way. Just, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm just done. Like, and then coming into service and just feeling refreshed in my spirit. And um, I was actually, in high school, I was able to be uh, the leader of our Christian club and, and also the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And we would have meetings, and sometimes there would be 300 people at these meetings hearing the gospel. And, like, these are, there would be people getting saved and stuff, and it was like, this is so beyond me. Like, I, there's no way I could have done this. But, like, it's the way that Christ is able to work through you when, like, these other, like, worldly things happen where it's like, okay, there's, you look back, you're like, I couldn't, I couldn't have done that. And I can seriously say that, like, being involved in this church and the people that have been just bringing me up all along the way has been tremendous for me, uh, just just incredible. And now I can say uh, I'm heading off to Oral Roberts University next year, or in six days. <laughs> and uh, it's a huge transition. I mean, I've literally lived in Livermore for my whole life. and uh, But I just have so much peace knowing that, like, um, just as God planned for me to be here for these 18 years, He's definitely planned for me to be there for the next, you know, four or five years. And he's he has set so many things where he's like, okay, I'm working this out for you, working finances out for you, I'm working people out for you. And I'm like, okay, there's no way I'm going to be able to find a community like this anywhere else. But I, I believe that he's uh, getting that set up for me there too. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to compare with you guys, I have to say. But uh, yeah, like just an incredible blessing throughout all the years and like, just an encouragement to me, like, when, I mean, there's so many times where I was just beat down and not, not ready to go any further, and, man, I would not be the same person. So, yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit my, my story. <laughs> stay, stay. Yeah.